Devotion 1 The First Words from the Cross The hammer hitting those nails, driving them into Jesus' hands and feet. It was the Roman soldiers that swung that hammer, but they were just following the orders. Pontius Pilate, he was the one who had condemned Jesus. He was the one that had sentenced him to death on the cross. But Pilate, Pilate was just trying to keep peace there. A riot was breaking out, and it was the crowd who shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! But the crowd, they were only doing that at the instigation of the Jewish leadership. They had been driven by their their envy and jealousy of Jesus. They had orchestrated this whole thing. But the only reason Jesus was in their hands was, was because of Judas, that disciple who betrayed Jesus. So who was responsible for hammering those nails into Jesus' hands and feet? Those soldiers, Pilate, the crowd calling crucify him, the Jewish leadership, Judas? Well, yes, all of them. But also you, and you, and me. For you see, it is our sins that Jesus carried It is our sins that drove in those nails one by one into his hands and feet. But it was his love that held him there. For you see, Jesus was more powerful than those Roman soldiers. He could have called down his legions of angels if he had wanted to. Jesus' authority overruled Pontius Pilate's sentence of condemnation. Jesus could have outwitted the Jewish leadership and avoided the Jewish crowds. He even knew that Judas was going to be there in Gethsemane to betray him. Yes, Jesus could have avoided it all. But his love led him to carry it all. His love willingly let our sins drive in those nails. Yes, our sins nailed him to the cross, but his love held him there. What wondrous love is this that led the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. And dear friends, just as certainly as it was your sins and mine that nailed him to the cross, so also, as Jesus speaks those first words, he is praying for you and for me. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. On that cross, Jesus won that forgiveness that he prayed for, that forgiveness for you and for me. He paid for our sins and brought us forgiveness. Think about that. As you listen now to the words of Psalm 32, a psalm written by a sinner by the name of David, but words that you and I also as sinners confess and pray, looking to Jesus alone for the forgiveness that he won for us on that cross. As our sins were laid on him, and in his great love he bore them all for you, for your soul.
Psalm 32. Devotion to the third words from the cross. It was about 33 years earlier, before that day at Calvary, that Jesus was in Jerusalem, probably for the first time in his life. He was 40 days old and his mother Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple to present him to the Lord as the law of Moses commanded for the firstborn child, firstborn son. And when they came to the temple that day, there was a a faithful believer who had been waiting, waiting for the Messiah. His name was Simeon. And when he sees Mary and, 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 and the child, he takes the baby Jesus in his hands and praises God. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, the light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He also prophesied. He spoke of how this child would cause the rising and falling of many in Israel he said to his mother that a sword would pierce her own soul as well. And now as she stands there, 33 years or so later before that cross, what a sharp sword that is that pierces her soul. There hangs her son, bleeding and dying. But not only her son, it was she, he had been her hope, the hope of her salvation, She had looked to him as the Messiah, the long-awaited for Christ, but she did not understand why did he hang there on the cross, dying. Now Jesus, in his perfect obedience to the Lord's commands, also takes care of his mother at this most dire of hours. For you see, Jesus came not only to pay the penalty for our sins by his death, but also to bring us that righteousness that we have failed to live. Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly for us. Even now, as the sins of the world weigh down heavy on him, he still carries out his God-given responsibility as a son and sees to it that his mother is taken care of. Yes, he has fulfilled the law. From the very first moments of his life until his dying breath, he has fulfilled the law for the lawbreakers, for you and for me. For you see, the only way that we can be reconciled with God, the only way we can have peace with the perfect, holy God, is if our record is clean. And only Jesus' righteousness can give us that clean record. He became our sin and he gave us his righteousness so that we are reconciled to God through faith in him. And so as you hear these third words from the cross, don't only think of Mary and her sorrow, but see your Savior, Jesus Christ, fulfilling the law for you. See Jesus giving you that perfect righteousness that reconciles you to God. For he has kept the law perfectly as he takes care of her mother, saying to her, Dear woman, here is her son, and committing to
to his disciple John, the care of his mother as he says to John, here is your mother. Remember that perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ that is counted for you. Think of that as you hear the words of the Apostle Paul recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Devotion 3, the fourth words from the cross. It was about nine in the morning when Jesus was crucified. And around noon that day, the time that the sun should shine the brightest, there was darkness that covered the land. For Jesus had become our sin and suffered the wrath and anger of the almighty, holy, perfect God. Yes, that anger and wrath that you and I deserve was poured out against Jesus as he hung there on that cross. The divine justice that ought to sentence you and me to hell forever condemned Jesus in our place. There he suffered our punishment, our hell. For he covered himself with our sins, the sins of the world. And that agony and suffering that all the bleeding and beating and, 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 and ridicule and shame can't even begin to Measure that spiritual suffering of rejection from the Father, that spiritual suffering weighed him down to the very depths of hell as he suffered in our place. It is our hell, our death, our punishment he bears. And we catch a glimpse of just how deep that agony is as around at three in the afternoon he calls out, Eloi! Eloi lama sabachthani! My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Devotion 4. The fifth words from the cross. And so we see the true nature of our sin even those sins that we dismiss as, as not important for the extent they don't really hurt anyone, we see how they have driven the nails into Jesus and the God-forsakenness that they earned for Jesus. Those sins that we commit so often that we don't even realize we're doing them, we see the agony and the God-forsakenness that they rightly deserve. And with our human eyes, as we look at the cross, we simply see a man suffering. But the word of God, the prophecies of old, they open the eyes of faith in us so that we see that there is much more there than just a man dying. We see that there is much more there than just the consequences of our sin. We see Forgiveness. Jesus bore that awful load for you and for me. Just as the scriptures had foretold. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The Lord promised that one born of woman would defeat Satan. But Satan would strike his heel. 
and through the other prophecies throughout the ages, it was shown that the Savior would come, born of a woman, but true God over all. He would come and bear the sins of the world, yours and mine, and by that gain forgiveness for us. Open heaven for you and for me and bring us safely to paradise. Jesus knew that he had fulfilled those scriptures. He knew that he was now at the end of that work he had come to do. And soon he would make that announcement. But before, knowing that all scripture was fulfilled, and that he had borne the sins of the world and won forgiveness for you and for me, he calls for some moisture so that he can, can wet his throat and be ready to call out his triumphant cry. And so he says, I am thirsty. As you hear those words of Jesus, reflect on how he has indeed fulfilled the prophecies of old. Every last one of them. Think of that as you listen to one of those prophecies, one of those most detailed of prophecies recorded in Isaiah 52 and 53. As Isaiah not only presents us the suffering servant of the Lord, but also reminds us of why he suffered. He bore our sins so that we may have forgiveness. Isaiah 53. Devotion the sixth words from the cross. The eternal Son of God, one with the Father from all eternity, came into this world on a mission. He came to seek and to save what was lost. He was the Anointed One, the Christ, the Messiah, the one the Lord had anointed or appointed for this special work, the work that only God could do, the work of saving lost sinners. For 33 years or so, he had walked this earth carrying out that mission. And now, he completed that mission. As the anointed one, he had offered himself as the lamb, the sacrifice, Yes, as the priests of old were anointed in order to offer the sacrifices, so also he, Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, offers the ultimate sacrifice himself, the Son of God, for the sins of the world. And by that sacrifice, he has turned God's anger away from us sinners. By that sacrifice, he has poured out his holy, precious blood as the ransom price that sets us free. He has completed that work of redemption in full. There is nothing left for you and me to pay. He has paid the price in full. And he wants you, dear friend. He wants you to know that with all certainty. And so now with his throat moistened with that drink of sour vinegar, he calls out those words. It is finished work of redeeming lost sinners, finished, complete, mission accomplished. Yes, Jesus has finished the work of saving us. That is why he went to that cross. It is finished.
Lord, let at last your angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home, that I may die on a fearing and in its lowly chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until your reappearing and then from death awaken me that my own eyes with joy may see O Son of God, your glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace, Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will serve you with